You are listening to the National University Podcast. Hello, I'm Kimberly King. Welcome to the National University Podcast, where we offer a holistic approach to student support, well-being, and success, the whole human education. We put passion into practice by offering accessible, achievable, higher education to lifelong learners. On today's episode, we welcome Dr. Maggie Broderick to discuss social-emotional learning, or SEL. Dr. Broderick was a curriculum director and is now faculty as an associate professor at the Sanford College of Education at National University. She has served as a dissertation chair and the founding director of the Advanced Research Center. Dr. Broderick has taught online at various universities and previously taught on ground in both higher education and pre-K through 12th grade education in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And we welcome her to the podcast. Dr. Broderick, how are you? Thanks so much, Kim. I'm great. Thanks for having me again today. Absolutely. Really interested in hearing what you have to say on this uh, today's show topic, but why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and your work before we get started? Oh, thank you. Well, pretty much um, I've been a teacher my whole life. Basically, that is the the story. Um, when I was young, I was studying music and I really thought, well, I might play the flute in the symphony or something like that. Um, but over time, I quickly realized the thing that really gave me the most joy was if somebody asked me to teach them something like playing the flute or, you know, I like to knit or, or just anything. Right. And if they said, Hey, how do you do that? I, I really felt a lot of joy. Um, so I became a music teacher and I continued along and I eventually became a professor of education. Um, I love it. It's, it's been just me following that calling. Uh, sometimes things change in our lives, right? Like different opportunities present themselves. Um, when my kids were really young, I wasn't teaching full time at that time, but I, then I found myself teaching like as a Girl Scout leader or doing crafts and music and things with my kids and their friends. Um, and then as the higher ed career continued along, uh, I got my PhD and I've sometimes moved into other roles, but I only realize again, hey, I'm really a teacher at heart. Um, I just always seem to realize that. Uh, but most of all, what resonates with me through that journey is that you know that opportunity to connect with learners, no matter how you know who they might be or how the context might be. I've taught people of all ages, um, from like the age of three to eighty or so. I'm just always thinking about that personal connection, and I'm thinking about that relationship and the rapport that we have as individuals, and just how that drives momentum and engagement, and, and it helps them with their learning journey. So for me, it's about teaching that that whole person. I love that. You're my favorite kind of teacher, professor, that you really do connect and that really shows up in your passion. So today we're talking about uh, social emotional learning, SEL, and I'm so interested to hear about this. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and why you chose to be an educator? You kind of just touched on that a little bit, but uh, really connect this with the social emotional learning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that thing of teaching the whole person, right? Like, I think a lot of people think about grades and scores and, you know, I'm a mom. I think I was just looking at my kids' grades online and, you know, (laughs) it's important. It is, right? Academic stuff's important um, and we need rigor and we need expectations for learning, but we have to realize the learner is a human being and they are multifaceted. Uh, It's not just their academic work and their grades. And yeah, it's important um, to think about that, but it's just one piece of the, the puzzle. 
Um, it's even more so in online, if you think about it. Um, you might not realize that that's a person behind the screen, right? Because we're kind of like looking at just a grade book and a discussion board. Um, but teaching that whole person, it's like, it's about having empathy mm-hmm. and taking that time to think and put yourself in their shoes and kind of work together collaboratively. Um, it's it's about being human. And um, a really nice thing is, you know, at National University where I work, I, I love it because they call it whole human education. It's that, that phrase, if you go on their website, it says right there that one of their major um, tenets is whole human education. And it just goes beyond academics, like the supports that we have for students, because they're learners and, right, they're students and a parent, a caregiver, a professional, an employee, a military service member, veterans, all of these things. And so we have to support them, not just that grade book, not just those assignments, all that stuff, but like understanding their emotional wellness and their social emotional um, being as a human being. So really that's, that's sort of what it's about. I love that. And I think good for National University for recognizing that and being ahead of the curve. I think it's we all have life moments. So to do education along with living your life, um, that seems to be what they really are rising to the occasion on. Um, So that's great. Can you tell us more about what it means to be really teaching that whole person? Yeah, yeah. So I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, it's it's my nature. It's who I am as a person. But lately, I've gotten into sort of more um, scholarly pursuits with that. So I've been doing some publications and presentations um, about SEL, and I'm a, a lead in a one of our many things at National. We have a lot going on with, with SEL. Um, but one of our uh, SEL tracks, if you will, one of our areas with SEL. Um, and so I also have done some of these um, scholarly works I did an article um, pretty recently with my colleague, Dr. Amy Lin, and actually a student who's working at National, Emily Spranger. Uh, We actually wrote a book chapter together um, about online adult learners uh, and SEL. And I've been doing a lot of work with colleagues uh, about things like, you know, SEL came up a lot during COVID. So we had a research team thinking about that and some themes about SEL came out. Um, We've looked at things about teacher dispositions which ties into SEL because that's about, you know, how that, you know, person of the teacher um, connects. And um, also some work with my colleagues, Dr. Walker Roberts and Dr. Galveo on um, sort of belonging and um, diversity, equity, inclusion, which goes along with SEL. So like, it's not really a new term. It's just that we're exploring it in a lot of different ways. Um, There's a lot going on in the curriculum. And like I said, a lot going on in scholarly work in the area. Um, So it's, it's not a new idea. Um, I can tell you a little bit more about, about SEL if you like. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that was my next question is what is SEL and what is that learning like? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's not a new idea. You know, like I said, it's, it's my heart. That's who I am. And there are so many other educators, just like you said, Kim. I mean, when you think about the best teacher you ever had, it's not about their amazing knowledge of calculus. It's about who they were as a person, right? Um, so it's not a new idea and it, it is very human. But there are new ways of sort of framing it and new and evolving um, approaches, strategies, and resources. And there are some specific organizations who have really framed that idea of social-emotional learning over the past couple of decades. Um, It's great to see that in print instead of like, yeah, we all know good teaching. We all know a good human. It's, It's important to understand like 
what, what does that mean on paper, right? How do we actually teach that? How do we actually share that? Um, so I can share more about that, but I can say like in the past, we just sort of would say like soft skills, right? We would say people have these sort of soft skills and being human, communication, empathy, um, things like self-reflection and self-regulation um, and growth and relationships. But the one organization um, that I'd like to tell you a bit about is called uh, CASEL. C-A-S-E-L. And what's really um, at the root of all that, uh, CASEL has the five competencies, and that really helps us understand that framework for social-emotional learning. And so if you go to their website, it's just um, C-A-S-E-L, CASEL. Um, the same wording that I'm going to tell you here is right there, but they refer to the CASEL five. It's the competencies. And they're just areas um, like self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making. And so those things can, like I said, they're sort of on paper now, right? So we can actually tangibly understand, okay, it's not just a nice teacher that I really cared about and connected with, but here's how that works and beyond that also in the school. And so it can be taught and applied at all different stages from childhood to adulthood, all different cultural contexts. It's, it's for everyone, it's human. And um, like it says on the website, many school districts and states and countries have used the CASEL five competencies to establish preschool to high school learning standards and ways to say what students should know and be able to do. And that ties in with their academic success and their school and civic engagement and their wellness and, and even going into careers, right, as they go along, because it's, it's a lifelong thing. It's a journey of understanding yourself as a person, um, how to kind of do that self-management and, um, you know, manage your stress and mm -hmm. have your motivation, um, make responsible decisions and do personal and social interactions that um, across very diverse situations where you are successful and you feel good, right? People feel good in those relationships, relationship skills um, and the social awareness, right? So, so those sorts of things, if we think about like how to feel compassion for others and empathy and understanding um, ways to interact with others and to understand ourselves, that's what Castle is putting on paper for us to really, you know, look at that. Um, there's a lot of good literature on it, and you can just go right to their website. It's great stuff. That's amazing, and it's just great. Again, you know, as we've come through COVID and the pandemic and all of that, we've kind of moved into and really um, matching people with what they are going, uh, what's going through. As we talked about empathy um, in their life, you know, really kind of this Castle method seems to really apply no matter where you are, what age you are, and it, what, you know, whether you're in elementary, middle, high school, or in college, it seems. Is that yeah. kind of how that's plugged in? Is that how that's working in schools today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I feel like I've been around a while now, and it's kind of incredible to think back on all that's happened in my own lifetime. And I'm sure if, if any listeners can think back um, for the, the decades they, they've been around, um, I remember being like a young student in the 80s. And there were some negative things, right? I mean, I had some lovely teachers, wonderful experiences, but there was always this idea of like punishment, right? There was this idea that you, know, you, you are doing something bad, you are getting in trouble, you'd better listen to your teacher, you'd better follow the rules. It was very much that sort of climate. And I understand that. Um, but then over time, people started to see other sides, other facets of school climate, basically. Um, so like when I started teaching, uh, I learned in the 90s, about maybe the school climate and, and also about classroom management and maybe being a little more positive 
than sort of like the punishing, right? And the negative and sort of the, the things that you um, want to take more positively. And then we saw some things evolving. Like when my children were young, um, there was something called PBIS, Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports. And um, those are those are helpful, but SEL goes deeper because it's more holistic. Um, PBIS tends to be a little bit more, you know, of the extrinsic rewards sometimes, and it, it can work. I have a story <laughs> where my my current 17-year-old was in fourth grade, and honestly, having sort of a fun thing where you get prizes helped her. I get it. Extrinsic rewards can be really fun, and she would come home with a cookie and a, a prize, and oh, I got to pay my my funny money at school to get, you know, some kind of thing. But then it wasn't going very deep, right? It was like just a sort of quick approach. Um, and she was happy, but I felt like there was more that could have been taught. SEL does that. It's it's holistic. It actually would teach, you know, the students and all of the people in the system, in the school climate, um, and set it up in a way where the administration and leadership they really infuse it into everything. So it's not like just a class or a fun party or a fun moment, but it's like really infused into the whole school climate, um, more like a way of thinking about relationships and the culture of a school and teaching those five castle competencies. That even includes like the families and the community and, and all of that sort of stuff beyond the classroom. That's what my next question was. Uh, and that is, yeah, how does that work, that SEL work beyond the classroom and in schools? Um, can you tell us about the different kind of learners at various ages and different contexts? Sure, sure. I mean, it's kind of incredible to think about because like we go through incredible developmental phases, right? From a very small child all the way up through adulthood, through our whole journey as a, a human being. And I've taught, like I said before, a lot of different ages of students and I'm also a parent. Um, and so when we think about that lifespan of a person, um, it's it's incredible um, to think about how we could impact those learners and, you know, sort of connect with them, whether they're a three-year-old just learning some basics of, you know, how do I share with that other child in this preschool classroom, or maybe, uh, I don't know, a 50-year-old online learner. Um, I have actually a doctoral student who just finished, and he did his dissertation focused on SEL. Um, it was about the pandemic, and he's a special education teacher in Florida. And he... Um, he defended pretty recently and he was so proud of himself. And um, he collected sort of the experiences of secondary, so high school um, special education students during COVID-19 and their thoughts about how SEL in their schools helped them, right? Because it was a really, really hard time. <laughs> there were just so many um, things during COVID. And I've heard a lot of other um, things lately about, you know, SEL being the focus of dissertations um, because it is, it really, doesn't just relate to, to young children. Um, I have some information to share with you a little bit later on about something specific for more of the young children, because that's where we see a lot of the sort of um, packages that are out there that you can that you can get um, to help with this and the online resources. But honestly, like my students saw, it's a high school thing. Like I see when I do research and work with my um, you know adult online learners, it's an adult thing. <laughs> it's for everyone because we're all human. And having that relationship and rapport and building those skills can support us so that we can be feeling that momentum in our studies, feeling good about our studies, and really do our best work um, and have that excellent school climate, no matter what. It could be university, it could be preschool, it could be all these things. 
That's so great. And um, again, you know, it really kind of moves across the board. Um, I noticed that SEL has been in the news in recent years. What can you tell us about where it's going, what the future of it looks like? Well, it's been kind of tricky. I mean, it's interesting to see because, you know, we all go on social media, we all hear things in the news, and sometimes people don't really know what SEL is. Um, and they might get it sort of wrongfully conflated with a lot of other things. There's a lot of buzzwords out there. Things yeah. are happening fast, right? I mean, like, there's a lot, and especially since COVID. Um, people sometimes will lump things together. They'll sometimes, like, jump to conclusions about something they hear. That's very human, and we can, you know, kind of meet them where they are. <laughs> but we have to think about, like, what SEL is and what it isn't. And it really is just a way, like I said, of sort of packaging up this idea that we're going to lead with that person, that individual, the empathy and the relationships, um, thinking about those, like I said, previously called soft skills. Um, and that's really all it is. Um, and we saw that kind of thing with the the news cycle with the pandemic too, right? Sometimes people jump to conclusions. Um, SEL has gotten a lot more attention in the news since the pandemic because there was a huge and obvious need for that social emotional stuff <laughs> during the pandemic, right? We were all hurting. Um, and so like a lot of information came at once, but um, I'd say generally like just really look for those primary sort of research-based uh, sources. Like I said, Castle, um, I have some other things to share with you later on that are really excellent resources. So people can really understand like, you know, with all that noise out there, <laughs> really, what is SEL? Why Why do I want to know about it? And, you know, if it's happening, let's say my kid's school or whatever, what am I actually, you know, understanding um, from those primary sources? Got it. Oh, that's so interesting. And it sounds like the COVID-19 pandemic definitely figures in. And what kind of things did you notice changing at that time with regard to SEL? Uh, well, I mean, we were overwhelmed, right? I mean, it was there's not a person out there who says, oh, sure, that was a piece of cake. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> it was not wonderful. <laughs> right. So that was especially true for our kiddos. Um, like I said, a lot of the SEL stuff, especially through Castle, is more through, uh, you know, say sixth grade or so. Um, my youngest kiddo was nine in 2020. And so if you really think about it, you know, that, that was like a tenth of her, or a fifth rather of her 10 years. Like she was turning 10 and that was like two of her of her experience in life, two years of her of her 10-ish years on this planet. Um, if you put yourself in those kids' shoes, which is what SEL is all about, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and kind of understanding perspectives and taking that time, um, it's amazing. And we adults, we went through like a lot. <laughs> there was a lot of stress, anxiety, worry, trauma. Um, and you add that emergency online schooling to all of it. There was just like all these unknowns and um, there's a learning curve there. So a lot of things happen. Um, for example, you know, the faces were blocking the facial expressions with the, the mask. You couldn't see their their face because of the of the mask blocking um, facial expression. And, you know, the, maybe the camera was off in an online teaching environment. And, and so how could we really relate? Like SEL, we needed to understand how to do it. <laughs> Because, you know, it was so hard, but kids can be very, very resilient. Um, if we kind of take that breath together and meet them where, where they are, we can figure out a path forward. Um, SEL just really came into play there and became like really prominent in the news and um, 
our programs became more uh, heavily enrolled because people realized, oh my gosh, wow, like there's a need for this. And then during the pandemic, that idea of educating the whole person, that idea of connecting uh, with relationship and rapport and culture, uh, school climate, so, so, so important. And I think we really realized it just acutely during the pandemic. I can imagine. I know there's so many changes afterward. Um, this is interesting information. Right now, we need to take a quick break. More in just a moment. Don't go away. We will be back. And now, a National University tip on getting started. For me, personally, I knew I wanted to pursue an education due to what I wanted to do in, in life. But if I had to look back at somebody in my same position, I would tell them, for one, get rid of every reason why you can't go to school. Just deciding and then committing to it, the first place to start is, what do you enjoy? What do you care about? And if there's a degree that you know you can translate that into, then let's go after that. If you're unsure, talk to somebody who's currently in school. If you're serving with somebody who's going to school, talk to them about it and what their experience is like. The thing is, I truly believe as far as the general education, it's a perfect time to develop an understanding of what you want to do. It helps you figure out what you want to do. There's always going to be room to adjust, to make changes. And so looking at anybody who was sitting in my position and they're thinking about going to school, I would tell them to go down to that college office. They can guide you and, and help you figure out what it is or ways that you can make it happen. Now back to our interview with Dr. Maggie Broderick, and we're talking about social emotional learning, SEL. And Dr. Broderick, what are some specific tips and strategies that teachers should consider for their classrooms and schools? Oh, yeah. Well, it's important to put it all into practice, right? It's all nice to look things up and understand and, and really get your bearings, but then how do you actually do it, right? And oh. so luckily, um, yeah, so luckily I um, talked with some really great folks that I work with from the Sanford Harmony program. So you can just Google or I can give you some links later uh, for Sanford Harmony or Harmony Academy. And they are wonderful. They have so much up there. If you have a full day to look through their, their site, they've got a ton and it's really approachable. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they offer, um, it's partnered up with National University and they offer a digital curriculum at no cost and professional development for teachers. And it has things, I'm just looking at stuff right from their site, um, setting goals, um, something called Buddy Up and Meet Up. Um, so I can tell you a little bit about those. There's also um, some other things like Mindful Minute, sharing and responding, um, checking in on your goal setting, connecting with yourself with a mindful minute and connecting with others. And there are things, they have things called quick connection cards. Um, so one fun thing, uh, I'll tell you two of them. Um, Meetup is, is really um, quick and easy to do. In about 15 minutes a day, um, they tell us um, some ideas of how to do like a little, you know, exercise with the students where they feel connected, where they feel comfortable and motivated. Um, and you're really meeting them, like I said, where they are, right? So that you're comfortable sharing. Um, I was a really shy child personally. So like I needed to learn some of this stuff and it would have been good to have more of these things back in the 80s when we didn't quite have all this stuff. Right. Um, yeah, learning about, you know, others' feelings and, and um, listening and responding and how to, to be a part of a group together. And then they also have this um, thing called the buddy up. 
and the buddy up is a peer buddy system and the students get to know one another uh, one another in, in just duos like that so they can kind of have a fun environment to bring together diverse students who might not interact because you know you have your your cliques you have your your groups um and so it, it pairs up students in a very mindful way with their materials and then they can learn and sort of enhance connection um, and share that kind of social um, responsibility together. They just have these really approachable ideas um, at Sanford Harmony and the Harmony Academy, um, which you know the teachers or anyone else involved can foster those Castle Five competencies for SEL. Great. So, with that being said, and thank you for you know those those um, resources are really great when people are starting to really kind of wrap their heads around that. But how might te teachers best support students' academics and social emotional needs in various types of classrooms? So, you know, that whole transition from in-person, on the ground, hybrid, or online, how, how can teachers support those? Yeah, I mean, everything's sort of changed these days. We did the other podcast a while back. It was so great chatting with you then, Kim. And, you know, we talked about how, you know, there's, there's, traditional on ground, there's online, there's hybrid. And honestly, it feels like everything is basically a hybrid um, these days. I actually was just interacting with some folks at my kids' school because uh, a teacher is on leave. Something happened. Uh, I hope they're I hope they're well, but they're, they haven't been around for a while because of a health concern. And, and there's been substitute teachers. And, and so I was like, okay, I had to speak the language because everything was on Schoology and in this online system. I was like, okay, I understand this. And I could say to these other people who were trying to help with this bad situation, um, you know, about about what's going on with my own kiddo and connect with them. Um, and so really online is part of everything almost always these days, but it's trickier um, for SEL because like I said earlier, that body language is not there when I'm just looking at that Schoology, uh, you know, for my, for my daughter, you don't see that. Um, the facial expression, the proximity, if the students don't turn on their camera, if you're in a Zoom, um, but you can plan proactively, and those are some, some things we talked about in the other podcast. It's just a little harder to find the ways to connect. I would say it really starts from the school climate and trickles down from there. But if you find yourself teaching in a place where the leadership or you know powers that be, they haven't really changed over to this sort of SEL driven, that, that's okay. Teachers can use sort of those materials from Sanford Harmony um, or from other things that are really reputable sites online and the literature on SEL to sort of start from that ground up. Maybe build that culture sort of, you know, from a grassroots sort of way, there are ways to do it. Um, so really, it's a great start with those baby steps um, to just kind of start maybe that mindful minute, maybe that um, buddy up, maybe the, um, you know, having the, the meetings. And when they do that, maybe that can eventually, you know, go from the, the classroom out, um, even in an online environment, which is definitely trickier, I'll admit. But um, at least it can be infused. You can infuse it in lots of different ways if you're creative about it and you really want to give it a try. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Giving it a try. I think, you know, not being afraid to, to try something new. How about other important people in students' lives? I think this is such an important part, such as parents, families, mentors, what should they know about SEL? Yeah. I mean, it's really not just the teacher and the student, right? I mean, it never is anyway. Um, right. I just was talking about you know, my experience as a parent, and I, I don't want to intervene all the time. I'm not a helicopter parent, but in this case, I needed to kind of be in the in the bubble. And I want to give my 12-year-old lots of uh, independence, but I also want to say, hey, I've got this. I know how to email this person. And, um, and so it's so much more than just the teacher and the student. Um, there are the peers, and there's the learners' families and the communities. 
And this is not just true for the younger students. Like I said, the, um, the Sanford Harmony materials are more for, for younger learners, but there's a lot out there for, for all different. But it's for adults, too. I mean, we're all part of some broader ecosystem, mm-hmm. um, some big picture And, you know, we saw it during COVID too, but we see it all the time where if somebody is having a rough time, a bad day, um, I remember an anecdote from when I was taking flute lessons back in the 80s (laughs) and my teacher, um, wonderful person, sort of like you were saying, has that disposition that's just the teacher you remember for the rest of your life. And she could tell I just wasn't having a good day. I had broken up with my boyfriend. (laughs) And so she just knew it. And I, it makes me want to cry because I remember her empathy and like, I didn't even have to tell her what happened. She could just see. And so we just kind of changed the lesson for that day and kind of adapted because she could tell, okay, we're not going to be working really hard on these scales today. How about we play some duets? How about we do this? Something we enjoy together. Right. And so, yeah, it's it's important. Right. So she understood. And that's true for the parents and true for the community. Um, We all have to support and kind of read the room and say, okay, how's this person doing? Um, NU also has courses on trauma-informed teaching practices, and they go along with SEL. It's that idea of, you know, the parents, the family, um, the peers, the friends, the community, anyone, my, my neighbors, anyone who says, hey, looks like this person, maybe let's kind of bring them into the fold and have a quick chat, or hey, let's find a way to, um, you know, make them feel like included um, and, and connecting instead of just powering through with some kind of, you know, <laughs> determination, just just supporting them emotionally. Um, it comes from everyone and it, it's really, um, everyone needs it. It's, it's universal. I love that. And it is true. Kind of in every, anything and everything we're doing, especially these days, when you have your pack around you checking in, what resources would you recommend for teachers, parents, and others interested in learning more about SEL? You, you talked about it a little bit, but I don't know if you have anything specific that you want to talk about for these resources. Sure, sure. Well, Castle is number one. Definitely check that out. And there are other similar sites. So if you kind of look at that one and then branch off, um, because, you know, I know I work with some early childhood teachers. Um, a lot of their stuff aligns. If you look at the professional organization, um, NAEYC for them, a lot of their stuff, if you look side by side at what Castle talks about and sort of their framework, and you look at um, basic things that are good practice in teaching early childhood, it aligns beautifully. Um, So sometimes going to your professional organization, if you're a teacher of math or teacher of music or whatever, and seeing how they approach it, um, teachers of English learners and things like that. Um, And most importantly, trying to find um, quality sources. So if you're curious and you want to learn more beyond sort of the Castle website or the Stanford Harmony, which is really nicely packaged, um, you could maybe do a university or community library search or Google Scholar, um, looking for some evidence-based articles on, on SEL and avoiding some of those pitfalls and misunderstandings of, of what SEL is, right? Like really going to the source and say, okay, Castle's got the information, Sanford Harmony's got the information, and then maybe my professional organization as a teacher, whatever I context and grade level and things, um, and just maybe talking to, to people who have those primary sources, um, research-based, evidence-based sources. There's a lot of great stuff out there. So good, good stuff to look for. Great. And is there anything else about SEL that people might want to be thinking about right now that it is the new year, 2024? 2024 already. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's a good time to start something new. So like we said earlier, um, think about maybe baby steps, take a little, you know, a little moment to think, okay, um, I can start small, you know, maybe, maybe my school is very supportive of this, maybe not, maybe I uh, only know a little, but honestly, if you do a little research and you think about what you're already doing, 
as a person, as a, an important person who cares about a learner and you're an important person in their life, maybe you're their teacher, parent, family member, community member, neighbor, whatever the case may be, flute teacher, um, whatever you're already doing, uh, you know, building and nurturing those, those uh, five competencies from Castle, right? What are you doing about helping that person with their self-regulation and their reflection um, with their relationships with others, right? Uh, I talked about playing those duets, right? I play duets with my teacher. I had to play them with other people too. Yeah. So, you know, what are you doing to foster that? And how can you maybe do more? Um, and then if you were able to do it as the teacher, let's say, what might you do to help SEL infusion of your whole school culture, the whole climate, um, wherever you might find yourself after school program or something, it's going to differ for everyone. And our communities are so diverse, but just maybe take time to reflect and build day by day with that core idea of SEL in mind. Because um, it's really, it's a perspective and an approach more than anything. It's not like a totally packaged program. It's just, it's really the heart and the mind of a person and just taking that moment to realize, you know, where is my mind? Where is my heart? in all of this and how can I do more to help the learners so that supports them in their journey in, in all sorts of ways, not just academically, but the social emotional um, growth for their, their whole life, I'd say. Oh, I love it. I, thanks for taking the time to tell us more about what so, social emotional learning is all about. And I love your passion. We appreciate you coming on with us. And if you want more information, you can visit National University's website at nu.edu. And thank you again for your time. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the National University Podcast. For updates on future or past guests, visit us at nu.edu. You can also follow us on social media. Thanks for listening.